Before we begin our worship together, I wanted to make this announcement. Next week is actually going to be the start of our online vacation Bible school. That's going to be from Sunday to Wednesday. That'll be July the 12th through the 15th. And what this will feature is, one thing is, a daily video. So every single day you can check on either wherever you found this video or the website link at the bottom, and you'll be able to watch that video and participate in it. This Vacation Bible School is geared toward us working together as a family to be able to all grow uh, stronger and closer to God. The theme is brick building with Jesus. And what that has to do with there's the, those little toy bricks that uh, just about every kid likes to play with. There's a lot that we can learn about those and apply them to uh, our everyday lives and the church as a whole. Um, if you want to find a supply list, you can go to the website that's on the bottom of this page here. And you can be able to find out a supply list that'll be up there. And then you can maybe get a few things. Most of them you will likely have laying around your house already. But if not, you know, you might want to, to pick up a few things just to help with the Vacation Bible School experience. So I'm looking forward to it and I hope you are as well. And now let's join in song together. Manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. The Lord has made known by his church the wisdom of God. He has made known by the church to all of the worldly powers. He has made known by the church the purpose he's worked through his son. He has made known through the Spirit His plan from before the ages And through the church all men shall know the wisdom of God Manifold 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 The Lord has made known by His church the wisdom of God he has made known by the church to all of the worldly powers. He has made known by the church the purpose he's worked through his son. He has made known through the spirit his plan from before the ages. And through the church all men shall know the wisdom of God. Lord. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. To bear the burdens of this world. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please keep me strong through the trials. Help me hold on to hope through all the storms. Patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please help me to endure. Lord. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. To bear the burdens of this world. I need patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please keep me strong through the trials. Help me hold on to hope through all the storms. Patience, Lord. I need patience, Lord. Please help me to endure.
Did you know that there's actually testimony for Jesus? You know, everything that he said and did to testify exactly who he was, that he was sent by God and the purpose that he came here on earth to fulfill. Well, in this video, we're going to take a look at some of that testimony for Jesus from John chapter 5. So let's dive into the text together. Let's begin with John chapter 5, verses 31 and 32, which reads, and this is Jesus speaking, he says, If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is true. Now, when you come across this reading, you might read this and think, what is Jesus talking about? You know, why does he say that his testimony isn't true? We know Jesus to be a truthful person, so why would he say that his testimony is not true? That's because what he's actually saying by stating his testimony is not true, he is stating that his testimony alone is not valid. Why is that? Well, that's because he's going off of a principle found in the law of Moses. In Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 15, we read this passage. One witness is not enough to convict anyone accused of any crime or offense they may have committed. A matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And you might think, but that was in the law of Moses. You know, surely in the New Testament, things have changed. Well, I would just kind of give you a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of a task if you want to, to search this out. And you will find a number of passages, even in the New Testament, that talks about the need for two or three witnesses and how that kind of basically the same type of thing carries over into the New Testament as well. I believe this is what we see here in John 5. When Jesus says that his testimony is not true, he's saying it's not valid because he needs two or three witnesses. Well, where are those witnesses who are going to testify about what Jesus has done? Well, that's what Jesus continues to talk about, and he mentions some of those. So let's look at them. First off, let's see the testimony of John. John chapter 5, verses 33 through 35. Now, this is Jesus speaking, and he's speaking about John the Baptist. And Jesus says, You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. Isn't that a great way to, to even talk about John? You know, wouldn't you love for your life to be summarized as being a lamp that gave light during your life? You can be described as that if you live the type of life like what John lived. And, you know, that's kind of the calling that Jesus is asking us to do. But right here, John had that purpose. And we've looked at that purpose uh, here recently, just kind of in some of my sermons. We've, we've been looking at how John was sent to be a voice that was preparing the way for the Lord, that was making straight the path for the Lord. John was that lamp. He was that light. And they chose to enjoy his light for a time. And his testimony itself, we've actually already looked at it. It goes back to John chapter 1, and we can read that testimony. In John chapter 1, verse 32, we read, Then John gave this testimony, and in verse 34, part of that testimony was that John says, I have seen and testify that this is God's chosen one. He's talking about Jesus. John did testify. He said, I'm not the Messiah, but there's another one who's coming who's greater than I am. He is God's chosen one. He is the Messiah. And he was pointing his finger to Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, God's chosen one. That's what John, that's what his testimony led to, was the fact of Jesus Christ is in fact God's chosen one. 
What other testimony does Jesus have in his favor? Well, let's keep looking back to John chapter 5 now. We actually are going to see the testimony of the Father. This is God the Father. And we see this in a couple different ways. So it kind of depends on how you want to look at it. If you want to look at it, we might be looking at the second um, testimony. You know, the first one was John. The second one is the Father. But if you want to kind of split this up, you have the testimony from the Father, but then you also have the works and you have Scripture. So depending on how you want to divide this, you, we're either going to look at three or five different testimonies. So let's see this testimony of the Father. John chapter 5, verses 36 through 40. He's, this is Jesus still speaking. And he says, I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So here, as I stated, you know, depending on how you want to look at this, you could say that we have the testimony of the works that Jesus was doing. We have the testimony of the Father himself, and we also have the testimony of the scriptures. Um, now, you can wrap all of these up together and say that this is actually the testimony of the Father. Maybe so. If that's how you want to count it, that's fine. Either way, you see that Jesus has multiple uh, testimonies that are all uh, witnessing the same thing about who Jesus is and the part that he plays in this. We see this about the works that Jesus is doing. We see in verse 36 that Jesus says, the very works that I am doing testify that the Father has sent me. What types of works is he talking about? We'll look at that in a moment. He also says that the Father, in verse 37, that the Father himself has already testified about Jesus. When did he do that? We'll take a look at that too. But yet he also points out that the ones who are listening to him, um, they haven't heard his voice. In fact, they, he says at the end of verse 37 that you have never heard the Father's voice, nor seen his form, nor does, it, nor does his word dwell in you. I mean, that's a lot of negative things about his audience right here. But I mean, the fact that he is saying, look, you've never heard his voice. That speaks a lot about this audience. And it tells us that they're not listening to God. But the Father has testified, whether they're listening or not, it's besides the point. The fact is, the Father has testified for who the Son is and the part that the Son plays. And then we also see in verse 39 about the scriptures. See, the very scriptures are testifying about me. What scriptures is he talking about? Well, he can't really at this point, not in John chapter 5. He's not talking about the New Testament. He's talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament scriptures testify about Jesus? Yes, they most certainly do. Let's take a look at each one of these uh, together. For starters, let's go back to these works. What about the testimony of the works? What types of works did Jesus do that testified of who he is? Well, to that, I want us to turn to Luke chapter 7. And when you turn to Luke chapter 7, this is a message that Jesus sends back to some messengers that John the Baptist sends to Jesus. I know that's kind of confusing, sending back and forth, but these messengers were sent by John the Baptist to Jesus to confirm that he is, in fact, who he says he is. And what Jesus does, uh, at least what he says, in order to confirm that is, he says, look at these works. And that's the message, was the works. So Luke chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits. 
and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. So that's the message that Jesus sends John the Baptist. Probably not what John was expecting, but the message was heard nevertheless. That message was, look at these works. I mean, who's ever heard of the blind receiving sight, the lame walking, leprosy being cleansed, the deaf able to hear again, the dead being raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. This happens, and all of these were signs that the Messiah is coming. All of these were signs that the Lord is coming and the Lord came. The Lord in the form of Jesus Christ came and these are the testimonies. This is what testifies is those works that Jesus did. Isn't that great? But that's not the only testimony, of course. We see that there was also just the testimony of the Father himself. When did the Father himself testify to who Jesus was? Well, he did that in a few different places. One of those is also in Luke's gospel. This time we're gonna look at Luke chapter three, verses 21 through 22. Now this is when Jesus himself was being baptized, and this is stated, Luke 3, 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. You wanna know about the testimony of the Father? Well, this is one time he most certainly gave a testimony. And that is that Jesus is the son of God and that he loves him and he's well pleased with him. That's the testimony of the father himself that he made. Among other times, this is one that's really comes to my mind and it's one of the big times that we see the father himself testify who the son was. But in addition to this, we also see the testimony of the scriptures. See, the father has given the, the scriptures and the scriptures testify to Jesus. I'm going to go back to John chapter five and read these two verses here, verses 39 and 40. Jesus says to his audience, you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. What did they think that they could find from the scriptures? They thought that in the scriptures they could have eternal life. However, the only way that they could have life in the scriptures is recognizing that the scriptures testified about Jesus. And Jesus is the one who gives life. Verse 40, they refuse to come to Jesus to have life. So guess what that does about that eternal life? You don't get to receive it whenever you reject it. And they refuse to come to Jesus. Yet the testimony is still there. We see the testimony of John the Baptist. We see the testimony of the works that Jesus did. We see the testimony of the Father himself and we see the testimony of the scriptures. But there's one more category of this testimony that I want us to look at. And that is the testimony of Moses. Yes, the very man for whom the law of Moses is named after. He's also part of the testimony about Jesus. John chapter 5, verses 41 through 47. Remember, this is Jesus still speaking. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think that I accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. 
If you believed Moses, you would have believed me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? This is the testimony of Jesus. And you know, this testimony right here, that's, well, the testimony of Moses in defense of Jesus. You know that that had the sting. I mean, this is the very guy who, whose name the law of Moses is given to. And we see that Moses also testified about who Jesus was and about the purpose. And he's called here in verse 45, their accuser. Why does he accuse them? He accuses them because they say that they are trusting God. They say that they are following the law of Moses. Yet Moses wrote about Jesus. And they would have believed in Jesus if they believed Moses. Of course, it, it's pretty evident that they didn't believe Moses because they're not believing Jesus. And they're not believing the things that he wrote about Jesus. When did Moses write about Jesus? And where did this testimony come from? Well, actually, several places. But one most certainly that without a doubt is very important is found in Deuteronomy chapter 18. In Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 17 through 18, this is Moses who wrote this. And he wrote, The Lord said to me, What they say is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. And this very passage right here was taken up by the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 3. And also in Acts chapter 2, Peter, in both of those places, in both of those sermons, he continues to, to pull from many different passages that, that Moses wrote and said, this is talking about Jesus. This is one of those passages, especially in Acts 3, this passage was really elaborated on. That Jesus is that prophet that came from among the Israelites. Jesus is the one who came and the very words of God were put in his mouth. He was God in the flesh. And this last phrase right here, he, that is, we can read that as Jesus, will tell them everything I command him. But now the question comes to us, are we going to listen to this testimony? Are we going to listen to the testimony of John, to the testimony of the works that Jesus did, to the testimony of the Father himself of who Jesus is? Are we going to listen to the testimony of the scriptures? And are we going to listen to the testimony of Moses? But even more important than all of those things, are we going to let that lead us to the fact of who Jesus is and put our faith and our trust in him and to listen to the things that he has told us to do? Because he is this prophet that's like Moses. And if Moses was one who was able to write down things and people were supposed to follow it and call it the law of Moses, what does that mean about Jesus, who is not just a servant, but the son? of God, the Son of Man. Jesus is a voice that we should be listening to. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, take care my soul that do not lose heart, do not lose heart, do not lose heart, eternity matters so do not lose heart. How can I pray when my heart is broken? How can I praise when I see so much pain? How can I try through the many trials? How can I grow when it feels there's no gain? How can I work when it looks so worthless?
heart, demand his heart, eternity matters, so do not lose heart, do not lose heart, do not lose heart, take care my soul that you not lose heart, do not lose heart, do not lose heart, eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Why do I strive to help the helpless? Why do I stand up to name his good name? Why do I fight in the battle endless? Why do I shun all the pleasures of shame? Why do I cry when the world is careless? Why do I preach that the Savior came? Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart, eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, take care my soul that you not lose heart. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Here I shall preach till my voice is silence. Here I shall work till my strength fades away. Here I shall love till my heart stops beating. Here I shall walk in the light of the day. Here I shall press on to the finish. Here I shall hear my spirit say, Do not lose heart, do not lose heart. Eternity matters, so do not lose all.